So an auspicious birth, 1895, in Guru Mandal, his mother was inclined towards Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, some inclination in her side of the family. His father was not at all inclined. From a Shakta background, Smarta, they were Brahmins, and very much opposed to the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this tells us something of the state of affairs of Vaishnavism at the time. You all know that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a reviver of the uh, teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and <coughs> they had been obscured by different uh, sects, uh, misrepresenting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so forth and so on, and the general public did not have much regard for the Gaudiya people. Some people contest this, some people who have a, a very unfortunate opposition to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and uh, in attempts to discredit this whole notion of Bhakti Vinod's contribution and the need for change and innovation and so forth and so on, that was so much the life uh, example of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. They like to cite history as history as to as to how Gaudi Vaishnavism was actually alive and flourishing at the time. And that's all well and fine. Gaudi Vaishnavism was going on. But amongst who? Amongst what sections of the society? And how did the educated and pious people uh, think about Gaudi Vaishnavism? It's like saying in today, today's world, they're more devotees than ever. If we look back at 1965 in the Western world, there was just a few. We look at 2004, there's so many. It's, it's going on great. Why did Tripper Imarsh think he had to make innovations in those days? Hmm? What's the precedent for that? It was just, it was just doing fine. <laughs> Yeah, there are more people involved, but there's a necessity for for re re, re uh, hmm? adjusting. adjusting. What do what do what does what do uh, uh, was was asked on a national radio broadcast after she was elected? Well, do you think that the, the the fact that you're a Hare Krishna will affect your ability to, to be a good legislator? And uh, she gave a very good answer. Kamalakshi told me, didn't tell me the answer on, on national radio. No, it would help, actually. She said she wanted to improve the moral fiber of, of the country and so forth. Of course, I would have told her, don't tell them you're a Hare Krishna. That's how bad it's, it's, it's become. <laughs> and we know that to some extent. So to, 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 to reface it and, to, and so forth and so on, there's, there's much scope for that. So similarly, the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, yes, it was going on widely, but how was it thought of? How was it conceived of? By people involved in it and by the educated public and so forth and so on. So here's some historical evidence. Not that you'll gather from a book, but from the first-hand experience of a son of Shakta who hated Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Shakta means educated person, Brahmin family, um, very uh, r religious and concerned about religious issues as a Brahmin. And how did he see the Gaudiya people? These people who have no caste, who are low-class people, they go to them, attach themselves to Nitai, 
and think now they've become better than than Brahmins. This is their way of getting some prestige in the society. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has allowed this kind of thing to go on, ruining the re- religious uh, structure of, of, of society and so forth. And you can see how the can, Mahaprabhu's teaching can lend, lend to that. So this is how he thought. His son was born a second, first a daughter, but a daughter, the daughter died early. So he was the second child, but the firstborn son. So you can imagine how his father in that culture was attached to his firstborn son, who was really the successor and will carry on the family lineage and so on and so forth. He had two younger sons as well that came later. But because the first daughter died, like maybe just after childbirth, when his mother was in the maternity ward, then two a cousin and uncle, English-speaking, who were studying religious, studying the Bhagavad, and they were doing their, maybe they're getting their master's degrees in Sanskrit or something like that. They stationed themselves outside the maternity ward, uh, chanting mantras and so forth, so that no ghost would come. They were in the form of a cat or something like that and find a way in and, and, uh, and cause harm and havoc. Sounds superstitious, but one thing you can learn from this is that superstition doesn't necessarily have to get in the way of spiritual life. And the interesting thing, of course, is that in Krishna Leela there is so much superstition. Mm-hmm. So it has its place, ultimately, in the prayojan. We may have to come to a point to reason about it, so that our presentation of Mahabhu's teaching will have intellectual integrity in the world. But that is of, of relative importance, for that matter. So they had that type of superstition. Ghosts would come in the form of a cat and, and so forth. At any rate, he was, he was born under the similar stellar influence that Ramchandra was, was, uh, was born. That was auspicious. His mother, because of the ch- previous child's uh, death, was wearing a Ram Kabacha on her arm. So with the blessings of Ram, you can say, he was born and he became very much uh, attracted to Ram and Ram's dharma, morality, and sense of sacrifice. Ram gave up the kingdom, as you know. What was the cause? Oh, that he was asked, wasn't it? Yeah, by his father by his father because his father had been asked by his wife and so he honored the, the request of his father and gave up the whole king this kind of sacrificing he said I was always attracted to this this kind of sacrifice and later sacrifice with regard to Sita of, of Ram's life and duty at the cost of whatever I must pursue like this so very high moral fiber and religious sense and and uh, identifying with the principle of self-sacrificing. And on account of that, he said, I found it a little difficult to be uh, attracted to Krishna. Some relatives had the Radha deities I would go, and I'd find them very chant- enchanting and a, a very transcendental atmosphere had been their darshan. But the behavior of Krishna, a womanizer, and a thief, and a liar, I had a difficulty identifying. 
with that. But he lived his childhood in in a religious way. He said he had a very good memory. He could remember back to, uh, he was a year and a half, or the year that he was born, he could remember there was an earthquake. And... uh, and such things he had many memories from very early, early, early childhood. So he said, I was marked in this way by, by good memory, and, and my tendency was always towards the side of religion at a time when Western influence was, was beginning in India and education and so forth. And, and so in the school, there would be those boys who sided with modernity and those who sided with religion in the older ways and ways of thinking. He would always side with with the latter, and no one could defeat him. He always gave good, good explanations. Even he said the teachers right, would he would argue with um, successfully. So he characterized himself in this in this way. And he said at one point in his school he met a young fellow who was very uh, religious and also very socially oriented in terms of welfare work. And he said I had the same tendency to meet both sides. There were, there were boys in school that were wanted to. This is this is the kind of school they wanted to do welfare work, social work, help people, become doctors, help the poor, this kind of thing. You know, man save, hari save, manusha save, John save, hari save. Serving the people. That's that's what serving God's about. And then there were those who religiously oriented. He was both sides, he said, about himself. And this other young fellow who was only at the beginning of the high school, and he was a graduate, about to graduate, came, and he had both sides, and he was very enthusiastic. So he listened to him. He made some friendship with him. And one day, Sridhar asked him something about his father. And the boy said, Oh, that gentleman is such and such. He does such and such. Sridhar says, How you can refer to your father as that gentleman? This is inappropriate. He said, no, it is not inappropriate. He is just another gentleman. There are so many, I have had so many fathers, so many mothers. All these identities are simply passing. And Sridhar said, I, I tried to defeat him. I made argument, when in a way I thought about it. Just hearing that, that affected me very deeply. And I lost all interest in the world. <laughs> I became like mad. I did not do my studies. This was his graduation year. I neglected my studies and kept to myself. My father died. And generally, uh, when a father dies, then the son will not wear shoes or an umbrella from the son for one year as a ritual. But I was extreme. No shoes, no umbrella, and I only wore one sheet. One sheet. I wrapped myself in a sheet hmm, for one year. I'd wash it and wear it. This is, this is my so I had extreme sense of self-abnegation and moving away from the world. He had received his Brahman initiation, what do you call it? Upanai, getting the sacred thread in Brahma Gaita, and he heard that if you chant this 432 times in a day, you have a wonderful effect. So he did it for a long time. Chanted Brahma Gayatri for 432 times a day, the japa of, of Brahma Gayatri. He said, and I approached it in this way, he said, not 
through Sanskrit grammar to understand the meaning, but with the theory that this mantra is alive and conscious and it can speak to me and it can reveal itself. With this attitude, I approached it and I got something from that. Later we found, of course, what he got. <laughs> what he, got. he wrote a commentary on the Gayatri that is so profound on Brahma Gayatri, taking it all the way to Goloka in the service of of Radha Govinda. So in this way, this is just in his early uh, high, high school, equivalent of high school uh, years, he was beginning to get deep uh, spiritual uh, experience. <clears throat> he neglected all of his studies and his fellow classmates said, how you pass, how you pass the test? He said, I have no interest in reading that material. So they read it to him. They read it to him so he'd know something. He said, I listened somewhat, but then the test came, and after the test, so many boys came and said it was a massacre. The test was a massacre. It was so hard that left and right they were flunking. And he had passed with flying colors. <laughs> and the boys thought there's some power in his spirituality by that the God hasn't made him pass. Hmm? Just see. And so this way he began to pursue real uh, spiritual... <coughs> interest, and he came to hear something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he became attracted to Mahaprabhu's sacrificing sannyas. And then, of course, hearing about Mahaprabhu, we heard about Radha, who became sacrificed. He became attracted to the sacrificing nature of Radha, giving everything to Krishna. Still, he was not that quite attracted to Krishna, <laughs> the enjoyer, because he's so much identified with the spirit of sacrifice and so forth. Of course, that's what means to know about Krishna. So he said, I developed some attraction to Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, but more attraction to Mahaprabhu and to Radharani. So then he met one fellow who was a kind of a guru and scholar. He told him about his attraction to Mahaprabhu. He said, yes, Mahaprabhu, that is the highest ideal. He said, but if we are to approach Mahaprabhu, first we have to cross over what the Buddha has taught. Then we must cross over what Shankar has taught, and this way proceed gradually. Then we become qualified to take up the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We preached to him in this way and tried to capture his faith. And Sridhar said, what you said is very profound. Mahaprabhu's teaching has certainly <coughs> crossed over all those things. But the way in which you have talked about approaching Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. He didn't say, first we should become Buddhist, then we should become an Advaitin. Then we, should become, then we become a follower of Mahaprabhu. He said, and the man had no reply. So he could see, I, he could not capture my faith. So then I said to him, can you recommend anybody to me as a guru? The man wanted to make him his disciple. So he was honest. He said, I, I can take you to some, somebody. Maybe he will help you. You're a special case. So he took him to another man. And he said, he lives in this area. You find him. So he went to find him. He went to that place, but he could not find that man. He said his name was Harnoth or something like that. Could not find him. But when he got to the place where he was supposed to be, he saw a sign, a poster for Goryamat <laughs> program conducted by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Prabhupada, in Goryamat. So he, thought, he took it as a sign. <laughs> he followed the sign. He came to the Goryamat people. He said, when he, ar when he arrived at the Mat, Prabhupada was coming back 
from Nagarsankirtan, Namsankirtan, with the whole, imagine, group of Gaudiya people, Gaudiya Mata people, his disciples. And there he stood in, in the front, and so many men performing Sankirtan. He said, I, and I saw him, I, I thought, he has no, he is completely independent, this, this person. He is completely, he has not, he's not bought by anybody. Mm. Mm, this is my impression. He's completely independent and under the shelter of Bhagavan like this. So he became attracted to him immediately. Then he mixed with those Gaudiya people, had some discussions, and he thought, I want to join these people. This, I think, is what I should do. And then he said, and I reflected in my mind, what are the obstacles? He had one obstacle. When his father died, he made a request from him. You know what the request was? What will he want the first son to do? He said, you please promise me that you will marry. Shudamara said he was not interested in marrying, but he had more attraction to becoming a sannyasi. So he knew, Father will ask me on his deathbed to marry. What will I do? Because I have never told a lie. So Father said, I want you to promise me that you will marry. And he said, I will try to fulfill your promise. He said, this way I gave myself an out. <laughs> but, he said, circumstances being what they were, the marriage was arranged, and he did marry for six years. But at this time, in meeting the Gaudiamath people and Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur and wanting to join with them, he reflected for a moment, what is my only obstacle? His father had died, and his mother had also died at this point. And he thought, well, if my wife would die, then I'd have no obstacle. He said, I don't know why the thought came in my mind. But anyway, then he went home. His wife was deathly sick, and in three days she died suddenly. So then he had just two younger brothers and went to the moth. There was a big festival, and... That was the festival in which Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur afterwards asked all the people, don't, don't go home. This is my only request. Something like that. And he heard that so powerful, he thought, I have to, have to join. And Bhakti Siddhanta said, even if you say that your house is on fire, you've got a good reason to go home. I say, no, let it burn. Stay here. And I heard this roar, Singha Guru, Kalayan, for sacrifice, and I had to stay. I told I have my brothers, what about them? And some sannyasis in the mission, they said, no, you just stay. Brothers came crying, he said. The two younger brothers crying. They eventually became devotees also. So, <laughs> I think they became his disciples, actually. So in this way, he joined Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and... Um, and um, he became a noted uh, disciple in the uh, eyes of others, senior sannyasis, who recommended him for sannyas. And he got the sannyas from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. As I mentioned, he preached widely under the um, auspices of uh, Saraswati Thakur, and it was he who was uh, uh, chosen to go to the West, actually. But he 
suggested that uh, he was probably not the best person. His English was not, not as good as others. His tendency to mix with large groups of people uh, was... Uh, he didn't have such a tendency. And last but last not least, he wanted to stay in the company of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as long as he could. So another was chosen. And um, Bhaktisiddhanta was charmed by his... He says, of course, he said, but if it is your order, then I must go. So he stayed in the mission, and he preached widely, and in the end, he was at the, at the uh, bedside of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur when he left the world, and as we, you know, he was he wanted to hear the song, Shri Rupa Manjari Pada, the song about uh, Rupa Manjari that is written by Narutam Thakur. It speaks very much about the prayojan of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in terms of the service of Radha. And when Brahmachari was then uh, called to sing by Tirta Marsh, who was the manager, but when he began to sing, Prabhupada said, no, I want to hear uh, Sridhar Marsh sing. Not the sweet voice, but Sridhar Marsh, the Sridhar Marsh sang. And all the Godbrothers said at that time, oh, that Prabhupada has given you entrance into Rasa Seva. He said later on, I did not think like that, but that he had posted me at the gate. And I'm not letting just anyone in, he said. Bhakti Rakshat means, this is the sannyas name that he was given. His original birth name was Ramendra Sundar. Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri named him Sri Ramananda Das. And they gave him the son, then changed his name, gave him the sannyas name of Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar. And Rakak means protector, bhakti, of course, protector of bhakti, who gives protection to bhakti, like the great Sridhar Swami did, who was a famous commentator on Bhagavatam of ancient times that Mahaprabhu so much revered. Um, his commentary is, um, is seen by the Gaudias as a devotional commentary with Mayavad trappings to bait the impersonalists and, 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 and bring them in. Uh, it was a revolutionary commentary on Bhagavatam. The Mahaprabhu respected it very much. So, Bhakti Rakak and Sridhar also, it all, all indicates protector of devotion. And, and um, in some ways he did that at the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, which earned him the, the title, further title, given by Bhakti Siddhanta Sosti Thakur of Shastra Nipuna, scriptural genius, because he, he a couple times found some discrepancies in the publications and pointed them out to Prabhupada that the editor had missed, and so he became known as scriptural genius. But in this way he was the protector of the devotion of the Siddhanta, but I think it certainly came out much more after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur when by, by the suggestion of Aguru Maharaj, he was approached for advice um, as to how the disciples of Prabhupada should proceed. Advice, how they should proceed, and advice in general about philosophy. And that proved to be a time when the uh, devotional teaching, the Siddhanta of, of Mahaprabhu, in the hands of Prabhupada's disciples was um, was um, in need of protection and um, um, 
they were in need of support and understanding and so forth. So Prabhupada opened the door for that and and to 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 Sridhar Maharaj. And of course, he came through the door very uh, uh, gloriously, uh, almost like I said backwards, pushing came out that door. And uh, it started became very clear that the title Bhakti Rakha Sridhar was very prophetic. And uh, he gave uh, an extraordinary amount, extraordinary amount of protection to the teachings, which has enabled uh, some of us to carry on with the teachings in a way that our uh, will be will be pleasing to our Guru Parampara that they are correct, at least um, in terms of tattva, and hopefully by his grace uh, uh, explained with some realization and feeling as well. So that was a very um, extraordinary service to the Sampradaya, other than his literary works, his commentary on Brahma, Brahma Gayatri, his Gita commentary, his Prapanna Jivanamrita, about uh, uh, Sharanagati, which is so much so in, in, uh, central to um, uh, spiritual culture. <clears throat> His active uh, preaching, which he conducted from his veranda, he must have been 80% blind, maybe more, at that time, in his, uh, what must have been mid-80s, up until early 90s, I believe, Um, for two hours practically in the morning and two hours in the evening he gave himself to the disciples of Prabhupada primarily, who were his audience at that time, uh, he gave himself to answer any questions. And so many tapes came out of that, so many books came out of that. So much preaching there. And very relevant to, to the times. So it had great uh, power at that time. And um, he became, in effect, as I like to say, the, the kind of original, the Adi Siksha Guru, a living example of what was previous to that, just a, a theoretical concept in Prabhupada's books for Prabhupada's disciples, which was the largest uh, manifestation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the world. Yiskan was so big in its preaching, uh, in its campaign, that uh, practically other missions of substance were eclipsed by it. In, In the world, no other mission was known. And in, 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 to that point, the concept of a Siksha Guru was just a, just a, a theoretical, because Prabhupada was our Guru, his campaign was so big and he was giving all the Siksha and the books and the personal uh, counsel and letter writing and so forth and so on, uh, that in his absence, the concept of a Siksha Guru was something, oh, that was, we read about that somewhere, you know, what's that all about? So, well, it took on real uh, f- physical shape in the form of, of Sridhar Marsh. And the extent to which some unfortunately opposed him is the extent to which I didn't understand this principle of the, part of the th- important uh, theoretical uh, truth of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with regard to Guru Tattva. So with all of their Guru Bhav, Guru Nishta, in Prabhupada, 
some of them did not get as much out of it to understand what the principle of Sikshu Guru was, which they should have got from such devotion. Some were fortunate in hearing it, could understand, yes, this is what the book is saying. So he was the really the... the uh, this is very... You know, prominent uh, point of, of Gaudi Vaishnavism with regard to Guru Tattva. See how much, what a problem it can cause if one does not understand this principle. Then uh, all the ones Guru Nishta can just become can turn into uh, aparad, practically hmm. turn into fanaticism and Guru aparad, and and going down. Whole missions can go down from such things. So. A very substantial uh, contribution, and one that we are finding uh, today is uh, still in, in, in need of understanding. Now it's more popular and so forth. It's almost like a fad to have a Siksha Guru, um, but uh, he is the person who personified that principle, and, and I call him therefore like the Adi Siksha Guru for modern day uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I mean, this this goes even for people who have left Godiamath, Iskon, even Chaitanya Saraswatamath. I met a fellow in Vrindavan who was a, a disciple of Anandas Babaji or somebody like that from Radhakund outside of Prabhupada Saraswat Godiamath lineage, uh, uh, Prabhupada uh, Saraswat Godi Sampradaya, as we call it sometimes. He was a, had been a disciple of Sri Maharaj. And... Um, I, uh, he said, uh, "Yes, you know, Shridhar just said, you know, the truth goes in a zigzag way, and follow." And he was like quoting Shridhar for his, for his authorization for his his new, you know, position and so forth. So, so even if they leave and go against Prabhupada uh, Sati Thakur and so forth, it's in this day and age, it's all the, the support in, for it, the concept of the. Such things, uh, you know, a more expansive conception of Guru Tattva and so forth, all coming from Sridhar Maharaj. What kind of Guru was he again? How much he embodied <coughs> the principle of Guru Tattva? So substantially, so deeply. Therefore, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraskitaka had chosen him first and said, I know he will never be converted. And therefore, he told our Prabhupada he has very deep realizations. Try to bring him out. And when Prabhupada was asked once, what are the deep realizations of Sridhar Maharaj? Prabhupada said to his disciple, if I told you, you would faint. Hmm? So, what a precious uh, gem, luminary, in the Sampradaya we are in touch with. Hmm? We have some uh, blessings of, and therefore we gather today to discuss his uh, divine appearance in the world. Are there any questions? So we should know who we are. Stand up for that. This is our lineage. Hmm? I mean, we've come in different ways, all of us, but we are all influenced by Sridhar Maharaj, Prabhupada, and others, and they're influenced. It's like Puri Goswami Maharaj, the Diksha Guru of, of uh, Jagadishwar Prabhu. Hmm. Have you ever, would, I, I did it a couple of times, um, mentioned Sridhar Maharaj's name. In the context of talking about something with him, and you just hear the name, Shridharmarsh, huh? Hmm? He had so high, such high regard for him. Yes.
been, been listening the last <coughs> few days to some of the tapes of Srila Sharamar's conversations with the devotees back in the day, in 1982. Hmm. And it's just, it's interesting to, to see the setting and, and feel the setting and see how, it's what a difficult thing he was dealing with. I mean, some of the questioning was so irrelevant or seemed absurd, you know, from what we know today. It's easy, uh-huh. how much we've heard and learned in decades, to go back and to see what, from his depth of standing, and then what what he was being confronted with, and you would see how he would just meditate. It just How am I going to say so this to So <laughs> lengthily on some of the things, and, and then how he would gradually draw, just be drawing out so much meaning out of just... Thinking, oh my God, what is this, you know, why are these people asking these things, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they wasting this time for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seemed crazy, some of the some of the presentations, yet he just was able to reach in and just draw something out. He was very, very tolerant. And tolerance, in the real sense of the term, it, it also extends to being merciful to others. This is the... Uh, uh, kind and uh, um, deep explanation of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. Mahaprabhu gave an example of the tree, of course, and the tree uh, extends itself to others, even when being attacked. When itself is in difficulty from rain or sun, scorching sun, torrents of rain, it gives shelter to others. If it's being cut down, it gives shade at the same time. So tolerance like a tree means a kind of standing in devotion, intolerance that ex- extends to you have something in the voice. you can you can give to others if there's another kind of tolerance just like there's another kind of humility that's the tolerance of knowing well good bad happy sad theoretically so I should push forward like this to be tolerant like a tree that's another thing you have to have something and you can give something so Fidemars was like that once he talked about his Tolerance in a, in a, in, a, in the other sense, toler how he began his moth living there, in the jungle and you know, scorching heat and the monsoon rains and and Tam uh, this verse from Gita, which speaks about a kind of an intellectual type of tolerance that one has to apply in order to get spiritual realization and come to Tatenu Kampam Susamikshamana. And this verse speaks of when anarthas are cleansed, karma is practically done. <clears throat> one's living and he's, you know, the bad that comes to him he knows it's from previous aparads only Krishna's punishing me the good that comes that's Krishna's blessing to me moves in the world in this way that person can have tolerance to give grace to others so anyway talking about tolerance in, in general about how he lived there and so forth one of the devotees said oh we are stunned to hear this such a life how you, you, you lived and he said, you're stoned, you're stoned. Of course, they all laughed because it had a meaning for them. Hmm? He said, stoned, is it? Petrified. You're becoming like stone to hear. Huh. <laughs> so that's all in the background, of course, to being tolerant in the way that he was that you're talking about, to, to sit and listen and think, hmm, they really don't get it, do they? Hmm. How can I explain it in such a way and, and then they have not only they don't get it but they have sentiments Something that they're fortified by mm-hmm. hmm? 
with their Gurudev and their understanding of Krishna consciousness. Their understanding is fortified by some sentiment because they do have to experience, they are devotees, so know so how to tolerate that. And, and some heavy, heavy things came to his, his doorstep, brought him to tears a couple of times, how they were dealing with him and how he tolerated that and still gave. I mean, this is a perfect example of what Mahaprabhu was talking about, Tarara Pisahishnu, like the tree. They were practically chopping him down, hmm? mm-hmm. trying to, mm-hmm. hmm? chopping him in every way. And he's giving to them, just giving to them. In his presence, when he was still officially blessing the society, which Prabhupada wanted him to do, because there were a number of years where the leaders of ISKCON were going to Shudar Marsh, asking questions, coming back, taking notes, getting advice, and so forth. Um, at that time, it, it still it, it, it had hope. It had hope. But when they excommunicated or whatever, they when they they cut him off from being officially the well-wisher of Isk, advisor of Iskon. Then he said, I fear for the future of Iskon. It's cracked at the foundation. He'll become a shadow Sampadaya. So we see the, that, that the blessing of his. It was, and, and, and during those years, not everything, not everybody that went to him was like submissive. Uh, and even after they did that, of course, even after they cut, tried to cut him down entirely and cut everybody off from him, Still, he said, I, what can I do? I see them as, as, as my children, and, 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 and I really do, he said. And I really do. He still continued to... I mean, we, here we, he was being like, like, like a tolerant tree being chopped on, and we were coming like wanting to kill the choppers. And he was not interested in, 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 uh, in uh, encouraging us along those lines to attack such people and fight back or anything like that. They're just continuing to give give shade to them as they try to cut him down. Because he knew he was like a banyan tree. They're not going to cut me down with a, with a hatchet, you know. <laughs> so I can tolerate a little chipping here and there. Rather, like a great banyan tree of his insight and teaching, it's gone everywhere and it is and does nourish them even today. And they don't even recognize where it comes from. As they proudly say, Prabhupada was a shakyavish. Avatar. Hmm? They go, you know, you're, you're quoting Sridhar Maharaj. Watch out. Hmm? Don't you know? Well, you know this way, you know, it's like a banyan tree's roots are going, branches coming down, and he created a whole... Uh, his teaching just went everywhere, like a jungle. Hmm? Even overgrowing and into his gone other, other parts, everywhere. All pervasive. You can hear him quoted from the GBC meetings, probably. I don't even know. This is Tarawara Pisahishtana, so <coughs> generous. And you can hear it on the tape, as he said. Yeah, this must be something to listen to those tapes now. Yeah. Brahma was there for so many of those tapes. Satnanda, who we mentioned earlier, was coming at the beginning of the year. He was there asking questions that brought down that famous chapter, was it uh, Society Consciousness versus God Consciousness and Sri Guru and His Grace. That one's just like you're reading and reading, sitting down, and then you stand up. And you read that chapter, in those times especially, 
Wow, this is what it's about. Yeah. I met, uh, I was on my way out, and uh, I was at kind of one foot in and one foot out in San Francisco, which was the last stop, Petraeus Rishi's place. I went to buy, to buy a ticket to go to Nabu, and he said, you know, you don't have to leave. You can take this little temple. You can worship Sri Dharmarsh here, and he needed some help there. So, okay, instead of going to start a new place, I'll take this one. And then and I went to the moth and came back and so forth. But it was a compromised situation. As time went on, it became apparent that the, the leader there, the GBC he, he, name, he had some sentiment of appreciation. He shouldn't be against Sri Dharmarsh, but he didn't understand who Sri Dharmarsh was. He didn't, he didn't get it. So it was a compromised situation. And I remember Parmadwiti Marsh came through with another devotee, maybe Kanapriya Marsh. Uh, Kanapriya? Kanangiri. I think maybe Kanangiri. And when they came through to see me, you know, I was like the next one out, and it was apparent. And, and they came through and they they didn't preach to me because I didn't need to be preached to they in a sense. They were already out. They were already out. Maybe a few months before, or something like that, or six months or a year before, I don't know. But um, I just looked at them, I thought, these men are free, free to speak their mind. <laughs> I, I gotta have that kind of freedom. I, must, I, can't, I can't live with choking without that kind of freedom here. That's life. Freedom to speak your mind and your heart. No matter what else doesn't seem to come with it. All the, any other trappings. I had gone, actually. I had, I was in San Francisco, and I went. I thought, well, ISKCON's in San Francisco. Groomers doesn't want people to attack ISKCON. So I went to Portland. I was going to start a temple in Portland. There was no temple. Looked around, old churches and stuff, and uh, had some way of making things happen. So I was thinking, we'll raise some money somehow or other and preach. And a couple people had been listening to me and uh, so forth. So... But when I when I came down to San Francisco, then I stopped at the temple, and then Atreya kidnapped me there, or hoodwinked me there, <coughs> detoured me, I should say, for for a short time. But as when I realized it's a compromised situation, and then I'm, those, and it's not that I had I had met Sadir and others, but it, that struck me at that time. These men are free to speak their minds and hearts. That's life. So here we are. It was true. <laughs> so, we owe a debt to uh, those courageous persons like Brahman and others who went before us and called out, There's the, the earth is not flat, the earth is not flat. <laughs> hmm? There's solid ground over here to stand on. And I got the book, published book, Sri Guru and His Grace, and I, that is when I became a member. I read that once. And I, I called... Goswami, I said, I've read this book, and I understand what, what, why you guys did what you did. I don't understand. And he laughed. He said, well, if the incarnation of book distribution accepts our book, it must be bona fide. <laughs> mm. Then he advised me, stay in ISKCON, circulate around, you know, talk, look for opening to talk to people. We thought at that time, just, this is a matter of time, the whole you know, everybody will just get it. Everybody will just get it. Yeah. Everybody will be you know, on course. You know, the whole movement is back on course. That's what we thought. Yeah. And still it's 20 years later. You know. <laughs> we haven't got it, so what can be done? So we should take advantage ourselves. Accept it as a blessing.
and causeless mercy. That's all. When uh, we first went there, there was only a couple of people, you know, and we started the. But we we were, um, like you said, so affected hmm. by Sridhar Maharaj speaking that there wasn't any other alternative. <laughs> you know, it's if, just like if you didn't hear that him, was it. you couldn't relate. You know, other people would come, but they would walk away, and they weren't. You know, they didn't have the same feeling. Mm-hmm. But Sridhar Maharaj and myself and some others. No, just one. Any other alternative? So, when it got to the point where it was either be with Shudra Maharaj, you know, keep Shudra Maharaj, or, or or leave this guy, there wasn't even a, a question of it, hmm. you know. And people couldn't understand that. No. Mm-hmm. that yeah. All these people, uh, you know, had given all their lives, their whole young lives to this and then all of a sudden, they were willing to just drop the whole thing. You know. Yeah. So we asked Sridhar Maharaj, he said, all these people are offended by us. And I said, he said, uh, I said, so, so all these are, people are offended. What should, uh, you know, we're not supposed to offend Vaishnavs. But all the Vaishnavs are offended by us. So how can we get anywhere in Krishna consciousness. And he said, if you have the shelter of a higher Vaishnava, then he will protect you from the, the, the offending a lower Vaishnava. Hmm. So, so I, <coughs> I thought of that, you know, and, uh, because one of his, his general themes was always keep the shelter of a higher Vaishnava. Hmm. You know, I've always been so offensive all my life. <laughs> so I thought, well, shoot him right here. So when you came on the scene, I said, I'll try to get the shelter of Tripurari Maharaj. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll uh, get protected from all the offenses. <laughs> I heard that tape. That's one of the tapes I got in the car, yeah. Yeah. I, I just heard that discussion. Hmm. And I remember when uh, Sudhir Maharaj came. So they called me into the room and he's on the phone and he had somebody go get me on the phone he goes puts the phone down he said that was Tripurari Maharaj I said yeah he said he's been nectarized <laughs> <laughs> and he used to use that for like a, a word that would be uh, it's been turned on turned on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nectarized and I says Tripurari Maharaj he goes yeah, he's nectarized I said no really you know, because like you were, the, the, <laughs> you really the real, Bad you know, <laughs> devoted to Prabhupada person. Influential to him. No, really, I can't be. He says, oh. Mar said, no question about it. Right. Bhakti Rakshakshita Dev Goswami Maharaj Ravi Bhav Mahabhut Sutti Chikita. Oh, it's been